Welcome back to another episode of the Get Back Coach, presented by Apollo Media. Lots to get into today, but the main headline coming out of the weekend, Mel Tucker suspended uh, without pay from Michigan State. Um, this is not not good stuff coming out of East Lansing right now in regards to Mel Tucker. He was under investigation uh, for uh, sexual harassment. Um, yeah, not great right now. So he is suspended without pay. Um, interim head coach right now with Mark D'Antonio making a return as the associate head coach. Um, listen, I don't see Mel Tucker, um, coming back from this at best at the very, very best. This was a highly inappropriate relationship at best. Um, even for that could be a fireable offense. Um, so yeah, I don't see Mel Tucker uh, coming out of this. Jay, I'm feeling like you have similar thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and I think he should be gone. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, like you said, at best, it's a highly inappropriate relationship. Uh, but yeah, the allegations are not good, and it's uh, pretty disappointing, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, there's there's not much else to say. Like it's it's just disappointing, no. and uh, I, I don't think he'll be back at Sparty. No, I think it's it's crazy how good and then how fast this uh, Mel Tucker's um, tenure at uh, Michigan State was. Uh, you know, leading them to a New Year's Six win, a conference title push, and big time, big time contract, and now not only a bad year right after that, but now you have even worse off the field issues. And get another thing, again, um, you know, besides the moral reasons here, but Michigan State now does not have to pay. If they were to fire him today, they don't have to pay any of that very large buyout. Um, so, which I believe, this is what I think is going to end up happening. They're going to end up firing him for the moral reason of, again, at best, this is a highly inappropriate relationship, at best. Um, and if you want to know details about it, look it up. I'm not going to. Uh, talk about the specific details of this on here. Um, but what's going to happen is they're going to fire him for moral reasons. He is then going to sue them if he ends up being found not guilty um, of this. He's going to then sue them for wrongful termination because he's going to claim that they fired him because they weren't winning football games. And then that's going to turn into something in itself. So not good coming out, uh, nothing good coming out of East Lansing, uh, this morning. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's all we got to say. Jay, have anything else before we move on? Uh, no, just, uh, kind of wish football coaches would be good people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like, can it. we make, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. All right. So let's get into a week two recap, which there is a lot to recap. Jay, big time win on Monday. I know that's technically week one, but 
we got to lead off with it. Duke, big time win against Clemson. Mike Elko uh, takes down Dabo Sweetie, twenty-eight to seven. Beautiful win by by the Duke Blue Devils. Absolutely great. Yeah, and uh, yours truly called it. Uh, I I, I was know. telling people, I was telling people that that Duke was going to beat Clemson, and I got a few chuckles, a few laughs. Uh, but that Mike Elko defense looks really good. Uh, you know, I think uh, Duke's going to be a contender in the ACC this year. That uh, that game against Florida State in Tallahassee is going to be a lot of fun later this year. So, uh, something to look mm-hmm. forward to. And uh, let's be honest here, I'm also not bad mad about the uh, downfall of of Dabo. If I'm being 100, percent no, absolutely not. It's it's nice, it's nice uh, for him to kind of get his a little bit. Um. And again, college football is, a, I always tell my friends, college football is a circle. You're not going to be on top forever. You know, Alabama has had a very long lasting dynasty. You know, Georgia looks like they're starting theirs. Clemson is in the last decade has made it to the top of the mountain and has been there for a while. It's about time. It's, it's their time's almost up. Well, and the other part of this that's kind of self-inflicted is Dabo's uh, reluctance to get in the transfer portal. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that is also not helping Clemson out here, and especially at the uh, wide receiver position, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, like they ended up blowing him out, but Charleston Southern was kind of hanging around with Clemson in, in week two as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Clemson appears to be on a downward trajectory. They're off there. There's problems with the offense. There are major problems. And now you kind of think maybe DJU was not the problem there. Yeah. Yeah, And especially with Oregon state, uh, looking pretty, pretty solid, pretty good. Pac 12 in in uh, general Corvallis. Yeah. The the Pac 12. It's sad, right? Like this is probably the most intriguing. The Pac 12 has been in a while and And they're blowing it up and they're blowing it up. So that kind of sucks, but it, it does. And I don't think the Pac 12 has like, a team on a Michigan, Georgia, or even an Alabama level, but they have like five very good teams. Like they have five teams that could be in the top, like six to 12 margin. Yeah. 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 By the you end have a uh, Utah, Washington, uh, USC, like all those teams are good. And then all of a sudden Colorado is good. Arizona's better. Uh, Oregon. Oregon State is good. Oregon, Oregon. the both of Oregon's, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and Washington State just beat Wisconsin, so they that did happen. They completed the sweep. Uh, we'll get that. We'll get there in a little bit. Um, Friday, Illinois at Kansas. This was very disappointing. Very disappointing <laughs> for Illinois. Not for me as a Kansas better. No, not as you as a Kansas. But I'd stayed away from this game, but uh, yeah. David Booth was rocking. Kansas had a little blackout going on. I love the, I love the giant Jayhawk head logo. I love the giant Jayhawk head, and I also love that they changed the font on the Kansas across the chest. I yes. think that looks a lot better. It looks, it looks really cool. Um, you know what didn't look cool? Illinois um, defense. Provided no pressure up front besides Newton. Jalen Daniels was doing pretty much whatever he wanted to. Uh, receivers are open. The secondary looks like they just lost four guys to the NFL. 
the offense didn't start picking it up to the second half. I think Kansas kind of went a little conservative, but yeah, Illinois does not look, they, they don't look like the dark horse that we thought they were going to be this year. Um, but there is still time to kind of right the ship. Um, I do have a take with how I think they're going to play Penn state this week, but we're going to, we'll talk to that. We'll talk about that later in the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, the Illinois defense, there were some worries against uh, Toledo uh, to start the year. And then those just kind of came home to roost against the Jayhawks on the road. Uh, side note, the Kansas offense looks really, really fun this year. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have a lot of fun watching them in the big 12. So that's, mm-hmm. that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Jay, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, <laughs> but do you think Lance Leipold goes to a basket, another basketball school up North that isn't going to have a coach in a month or two? It's, it's a possibility. Uh, but honestly, like with the way they're starting to fund, Kansas, I mean, that's a viable place, especially in the new look Big 12 with no Texas and no OU. I think it's kind of a situation where Kansas could step up and be a pretty good football program. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we'll see. I mean, you never know, right? But uh, with the success that he's having at Kansas, I wouldn't be surprised if people come calling. I just wonder if Kansas maybe wants to uh, start started uh, investing in football a little bit more, and it seems like they want to. I mean, obviously, there's going to be uh, some renovations to the stadium. Uh, they're they're investing that whole tailgate park there around the stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it could be an interesting time to be at Kansas. All right. Uh, this game I missed live. Had to watch this one back on Sunday morning. I, I have to eat crow again. again. <laughs> like... It. I'm. I'm glad I got on the Colorado bandwagon. <laughs> I got people. Last chirp. Week. I, I have a couple people chirping me already, and and here's the thing. Like, I think Nebraska is improved. I think Nebraska's big big problem is their quarterback situation is not great right now. I hate the harp on guys. Jeff Sims looked lost in that first half. Like he's snapping the football. He's snapping the football too early. Um, like guys are running motion and, and the ball is clipping the motion, man. He threw two passes that are, what are you doing? He fumbled. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. And like, he can be dynamic, but he, I just don't know what is going on with him. Nebraska's defense looked decent for most of the game, but I think they just got worn down. Um, towards the end of the game, late second. Yeah, half. I mean, it is tough to play at elevation, to be fair. Oh, there we go. Uh, elevation. I again. told you, man. I mean, it's <laughs> at elevation, baby. You, you get a you get a fast offense and uh, your defense going to elevation to play against a hurry-up, no-huddle offense. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought was going to be the difference. And uh, I think that Nebraska did kind of gas out there in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, there's some drama. Shadir uh, Sanders uh, makes claims that Matt Rule said things about his father um, and also made comments about um, Nebraska and Matt Rule being on in the middle of the field on the Buffalo. This is what I think this is. There's a lot of people that are angry about it. I did send off a tweet that's like, hey, what, like, what, what are we doing here? So. 
I think what happened, and Jay, I don't know if your coaches did this. I know my coaches did this, but they provided bulletin board material and they embellished it. And it's just space. It's, and that's all this is. And and I know a lot of people are like, oh, we're just making things up. I know Nebraska fans are livid about this, which I, I kind of understand they're, they're using motivation in your expense, but Matt rule made comments in the off season, not toward, I don't not towards Colorado, but just like, Hey, this is the way I do things. He was asked questions. He answered them. I do believe Colorado took the words and said, you see what he's doing? He's talking about us. You remember that from week two. Do I think Matt rule was taking shots at Colorado? No, I think he was promoting himself. Do Colorado coaches have every right to take what he says and use it for motivation? Absolutely. Every staff in the Absolutely. country is going to do that. Absolutely. And like, I, I thought of this one story. My dad coached little league baseball for many, many years. I was gone. I built, my brother was on the team at the time and they were playing in this championship game where uh, the team they're playing already beat them twice. For everyone listening, I swear this is all going to make sense in a second. So as they were sweeping out the dugouts, they left a broom in the dugout my dad's team was going to take. So my dad turned that into, you see, they think they're going to sweep us today. That's that you're going to let them take shots at you like that. Fired up a bunch of 12 year olds. And I think they won like 10 to two, like (laughs) uh, again. So these things are going to happen. Um, again, coaches do this all the time. Shadir Sanders just said it in a press conference. Um, I don't think prime himself believes Matt rule was taking shots. I think he was just trying to fire up his guys. Cause if you hear, uh, heard Deion Sanders talk in the beginning of the week, he was very cordial. He's like, Hey, I respect Matt rule. So I really, I just think this is coaches trying to gas up their players. Um, and Shadir just spoke on it. So yeah. And yeah. and I think Matt Rule is one of those guys too in, in the college football world that he's kind of likable. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of like head coaches aren't. Like Matt Rule seems like a guy that would be a little popular among the coaches. He seems like a a guy that most people get along with. Like you don't hear a lot of Matt Rule drama. Uh so yeah, it's I think that's just a classic case of bulletin board material kind of being taken out of context. So I, would, yeah. I wouldn't read too much into that. No, it's a, pl- it's a, it's, it's a player using the motivation and Matt rule took a little bit of offense. So he's like, listen, like I know what, what I am and you know, this and that. So, I mean, great for the rivalry though. It's fantastic <laughs> for the rivalry. Bring it, bring in the old, uh, big eight days back with yep. Nebraska and Colorado. Yep. So next up, oh poor Baylor. Did do we do a check on? Was there a check on Evan? Is he doing okay? Uh, I think Evan's doing okay. Uh, <laughs> I think he's uh, compartmentalized enough that uh, he's okay. I think it's. I think it's mostly an attack on uh, their offensive coordinator Grimes at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Baylor fans do not seem to be happy with the direction of the offense. No. Uh, so that's it's. Two weeks in a row, two losses. You know, the Texas State loss is obviously a little more shocking, a little bit uh, more surprising because Utah is a very good team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Utah is a respectable loss. It's just 
in conjunction with the fact that Baylor uh, had a chance to win this game uh, and and just kind of gave it away. Of course, there was also that horrible no call on the pass interference at the end, but I think uh, Baylor fans are mostly just upset at their offense. Yep. This was a game that I, we didn't talk about last week, but this line was like Baylor was Baylor was like a five point underdog or five. No, I think they're like five and a half point underdogs. And you look at that line, you're like, that smells to me after they just got beat by Texas State. Um, of course, Utah still no cam rising. But um, anyway, you would have made out if you would have took the cheese with Utah because even though Baylor was kind of controlling that entire game, Utah still covered in the end. Well, I got Utah at seven and a half. So. Oh, you got Utah. At, oh, so you really got screwed. You got it like That's late. Tough. You got yeah. late. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Oregon, hook. <laughs> Oregon at Texas at Texas tech. Actually, um, shout out my roommate, uh, really quick because Illinois and Kansas, the over was 57 and a half. He got it at, and it ended at 57. So shout out the roommate for, uh, missing it by, by that hook. So oh, man. we hate the hook. We hate the hook. Uh, so Oregon. Rough. Oregon at Texas Tech. Texas Tech was looking to rebound after their loss of Wyoming. Listen, this was a fun game. This was a super fun game to watch. Texas Tech, high expectations. They're starting off the year 0-2. This is the Texas Tech team I thought I would see up in Laramie. Um, again, the elevation. But Oregon and Texas, like, this is what I this is what I expected. I thought Oregon would win this game in the beginning of the year, but I think Texas Tech in a loss at least shows, hey, we we have a pulse. We're, we're yeah. things things might things might be okay after that devastating loss last week. Yeah, and they and they didn't lay down, right? Like that's no. how you want to see teams react after a loss is come out and and play tough, uh, especially against a team like Oregon. And you're at home in Lubbock, and and crazy things do happen there, but. Uh, it was a fun back and forth game. I mean, this was this was a lot of fun. Obviously, you get a little backdoor cover with the pick six, but uh, you know, in that situation, by the way, defensive guys uh, do not score. No, do, not, do not give do not give Texas Tech a chance to get the ball back. <laughs> it made they made out on it, but yeah, fall down. Yeah, like you're you're listen. Everyone wants to score a touchdown, and I understand that. In your mind, you're like, I want to score, and I. It's yeah. very selfish, but also you gotta realize, like, you're gonna, you're gonna get take. Your coaching staff is gonna absolutely love you when you just fall down. Um, they're, so, they're gonna show that on film and be like, "Yeah, you know what you should have done here." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be fair, like in that situation, I don't know that I would be able to stop myself from attempting to to score a touchdown. Oh my either. god, absolutely not. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, that was a that was a fun game super fun uh kind of the opposite uh of this game iowa at iowa state which uh the the under you knew the under was gonna hit <sighs> yeah i don't think there was ever any doubt listen iowa iowa state the cyhawk trophy i put out the uh, the tiktok oh uh follow follow me on tiktok at the get back coach um but it's an uh, it's a boring trophy, the Cyhawk trophy. It's just a boring, boring trophy. However, I do love the Iowa Iowa State rivalry. It is very petty. It's super, yeah. 
classico. It's super petty. Um, Iowa's defense, can we just talk? Iowa's defense is as advertised. It's one of the best defenses in college football, one of the best scoring defenses in college football. And when I say scoring defenses, I don't mean teams scoring on them. I mean defenses that actually pick the ball off and take it to the house. I believe how many do, do, do they have what 14? They have 14 uh defense defensive touchdowns in the last like four or five years or something like that. Yeah, like it's it's stupid. Out, it's stupid how crazy Iowa's defense is. And listen, offense is still not great, but Cade McNamara shows glimpses of being a very good quarterback and gives your offense a chance. It is a total step up from uh, Petrus and Padilla. You have Eric All, who is a very good uh, tight end. Iowa's offense. Has, Iowa with a good tight end. I, I know that's right? surprising. <laughs> Sorry, you, do, you don't. You don't say. You don't say. Iowa has found another good tight end, Hawkinson um, and Fant and Kittle and I don't know how you know. <laughs> yeah, you can go. You can like go on for days. And now Eric, they get Eric all from Michigan, but Brian Ferentz is still behind the eight ball with his getting to three hundred and twenty-five total points. Our friends at Sicko's committee has one of the funnier videos with the with the mountain the price is right mountain <laughs> it's such a good bit <laughs> it's such a good bit so i encourage everybody to kind of go to sickos and and look for the brian ferentz um the brian for uh, us update but i think that offense is improved all joking aside the offense is improved they have a good quarterback um their defense is just as good as ever the thing is i don't think iowa state is that good um, I think I, Iowa completely controlled this football game. I don't think there was any, uh, that there wasn't a doubt. Iowa wasn't going to win this football game, but I think Iowa state made it a little bit closer than it probably could have been. Um, Iowa probably left a couple points on the board, but no, I, I like the Iowa Hawkeyes. This is that's it's Iowa. You, you roll out Iowa and this is who they are. They're going to play really good defense, conservative offense, but Cade McNamara, I think, gives them a, a little bit more of an edge. Yeah. And this game always is like one of those rivalries that's it just always seems to be close, no matter which team is better. Uh and, and weird things just kind of happen in this game. So uh we'll we'll find out how good Iowa is probably in uh week four in uh that oh, big yeah, test they, that that we will both be at. Yes. Oh, but uh yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this Iowa team goes and, and see what the offense does and uh, I'm kind of with you on Iowa State. Uh, next game up, Ole Miss at Tulane. Uh, Tulane gave them a good fight for the mm-hmm. first half, especially with their quarterback out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Tulane was – I mean, Tulane was winning, I believe, in most of the second half – or sorry, the first half. T- Ole Miss kind of pulled away at the end. Listen, um, kudos to Ole Miss. I'm not a huge Ole Miss guy, but kudos to Ole Miss for going on the road to Tulane. We, yes, we do. Yes. We do love Golf when they do that. Golf so club, yes. a little little clap for Ole Miss going yes. to a group of five team, um, especially in New Orleans. I mean, and this great... is a good win. Yeah, this is a good win it for is. Ole Miss. Like again, Ole Miss is not going to be a, a playoff contender, but if they were, you can look at this game and be like, oh, who was there out of conference? Oh, they they played at Tulane. Okay, that's 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 solid. Yeah, I mean the the one thing that's going to kind of take some point some style points away is is Pratt being out, mm-hmm. uh, but no, it is it's a good win, and uh, you know I think Tulane also looks good in uh, in the loss there. Like 
this is still a very good green wave squad. Oh yeah. They were wearing those, uh, they're wearing those teals too, or the, oh. that, that light blue. And then the, I love, I love their fighting wave logo. Yeah. With the, it's yeah, fantastic. With, it is. Great. I'm so glad they went to that. Oh yeah. Um, App State at North Carolina, double overtime. North Carolina wins. God, I wish they could play this every every year. This is <laughs> the second year in a row. This game was absolutely electric. It was awesome. It's kind of been fun, right? And App State looked like a uh, a very good group of five team again this year. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was a this was a really fun game. Uh, and App State can kind of carry the banner for the group of five schools in North Carolina because ECU looks like they've fallen off quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to talk about them this week, but uh, they've had a rough go of it so far this season. Uh, but yeah, this was a lot of fun, and I think this should be an annual annual game, although I don't know the uh, if the folks <laughs> in Chapel Hill will go for it. Mac Brown, Mac Brown was like, this is a great, you know, this is a great game and great everything. He's like, but... Uh, I think it's time for uh, the other the other schools to play App State a little bit. <laughs> uh, you don't want to play. I'm like, dude. Tr- I mean, trust wait. me. I know. Yeah, I listen. App State in 2019 gave Penn State a scare. Had to take them to overtime to beat them. And we were telling the App State people on the way out, we don't ever want to see you guys again. Never again. Like just, uh, you know. By the way, Penn State fans did give them a standing ovation. I have to be a, a homer there. As they were there leaving the field, they did give them a standing ovation because they were that good. Um, but yeah, I, no one wants to play them. Like they're, just, it's sad. It's a little sad, but like they just give people, they give Power Five people people problems every single year. Yep. I mean, it's they're they're a very good program. Them, they might be one of the best teams that made the jump from FCS. I think so. Uh, them and. Uh... You know, another game that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, James Madison. I mean, and, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like a uh, a good little rivalry there, too. But Oh, yeah, that's uh, great. It's kind of like North Carolina has kind of had a tough start to the season, right, with South Carolina App State or, or decent opponents. Uh, so good on, good on the do, heels. Do, again, just saying, do they have the best two-game resume in Power 5? <laughs> They might. they might like, and again, I, I'm not a, I, I don't like North Carolina, but they have a really good resume with the win against South Carolina and now app state. Um, just gotta also, I know everyone talks about Drake may, he looked good again, but they're rushing deep or sorry. They're rushing offense. O'Barian Hampton, 235 rushing yards, 319 total rushing yards for North Carolina. Again, I think apps, I think that also shows that app state, um, you know, group of five versus power five, you know, kind of just getting pushed around a little bit up front, but uh, North Carolina might be, could they be the team that gives Florida state a test? You know, it's, we know Clemson's uh, going to be there too, but yeah. Them and Duke and Duke. Don't forget about Duke. The basketball schools, the basketball yeah. schools are running the footballs, um, the football uh, conference this year. Um, yeah. Also, just a just a little note: we had five different rain delays in college football in the Boston and the Virginia areas. Five. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Can't it's, remember the last time that's happened. I think there may have been more, but that Probably. could be FCS. Yeah. Uh, 
which we'll get to. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Also, Boston College. How bad are they? Like they're bad. And since we're since you no offense to Holy Cross, but no, like okay, I, this wasn't in our itinerary, but I think we have to talk about it. So, did you see Holy <laughs> Cross chirping Boston College's fans at, when they were leaving? Yeah, the stadium. Like they, granted, you have a you have a moral victory there. You go against a power five school and you lose by three, and then you're gonna chirp and say ACC what? Like, mm, has see, like if you had won, yeah, if you have won, you could do that. Uh, of course, Boston College uh, fans took major offense to it. Um, this upcoming week, we're not going to talk about it, but they play Florida State in the Red Bandana game. Um, for um, Wells Crowther, the man in the red bandana who saved 12 people in the World Trade Center um, on September 11th. Uh, so check that story out. Go on YouTube. Uh, ESPN did a nice little short about it. Um, but yeah, this weekend is the red bandana game. However, it is kind of sad that Boston College is like 28 point under or 28 point home underdogs against Florida State. So yeah. that's not good. But other rain delay games besides Holy Cross and Boston College, uh, some of the more notable ones, uh, just going to say them. I, I did not watch these games, but uh, I we have to at least discuss that they happen. Purdue beat. Virginia Tech in overtime, 24-17 in a massive rain delay. And then James Madison beats Virginia, 36-25. The best team in Virginia is James Madison. What, this is their second year in FBS? Yeah, second year FBS. They're the best team in Virginia. Virginia State champs. And Virginia, it was close, uh, 36-35. The Hoos were tough. uh, And obviously this game's at Virginia, but... uh, yeah, James James Madison was favored for a reason, and this is a, this is a, again we talked about it with App State, very good football team that came up from the FCS ranks and and has made an immediate impact. And thankfully, uh, they will be bowl eligible this year because of the the you know there's the postseason uh, restriction for teams moving up from FCS for whatever reason, uh, and. Like people forget, James Madison should have been in the in the Sun Belt Championship game last year, mm-hmm. were it not for uh, that rule. So, mm-hmm. uh, really excited to see what the Dukes this do this year. Uh, now is like a fully fledged FBS program. Yeah, and they do that because they don't want a team to be like, oh, we're going to be really good this year, and then we're just going to bump up and then then just deal with sucking later. And I understand why, but. No team is gonna do that. They, they, no team is gonna sell out all you know the future of a program to for one year. So yeah, it, it's a dumb rule. It's an absolute dumb yeah. rule. Yep. And uh, moving to my city of Houston, uh, our Rice Owls won the Bayou Bucket. Rice Owls. It's how about awesome. that? How about that? JT Daniels four hundred. Oh, Threw for over 400 yards. Rice gets a two-point conversion stop at the end to beat Dana Holgerson. It's the seat's hot, right? Yeah, that was very hot. <laughs> also, it is, it is, it is scalding. Hang on. I just thought of something. If he drops another game or two, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get Dana Holgerson versus West Virginia. Which is highly unfortunate, but uh, it might not happen. Yeah, 
No, oh, it's man. uh, it's tough. So next up is TCU at Houston, and uh, so things aren't getting easier. No, no, they it, they're not. Um, wouldn't it also be funny if West Virginia and Houston fired their coaches at the same time? <laughs> oh man, the irony Fire of co- the universe is is oh. fantastic sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't wait for this next one. Oh, let's get in. I know you were happy about it. You like that oh. picture I sent you? Wait, which one? The uh, the Cincinnati player doing the oh yeah yeah, L yeah, yeah, yeah. right in the face <laughs> yeah, right, right in the oh it's beautiful oh beautiful that's that was a pit photographer too they're like and they even said this pains me to even post but you get you only get so many of these pictures in your lifetime and this is one of mine um the Such rivers the river city rivalry too bad the trophy is gone I got to do a TikTok on that trophy so they can bring it back um pit fans booing the offense Jerkovic. Uh, calls out the fans uh you know if you boo as a grown as in in quotes if you boo as a grown ass man you have to reevaluate your life or something like that uh, <laughs> it's just a, just a shame just a total shame what's happening to that fan base and there's not a lot of people who go to those games but the people who do uh boo college kids so i want everyone to take a note about that um so since he wins in Pittsburgh, um, just a terrible weekend for Acrisure. I know this is not an NFL podcast, but after what Pitt, la- Pitt lays an egg, the Steelers lay an egg. Couldn't happen to a better city. Couldn't happen. Um, <laughs> Man, so, I like Pittsburgh as a city, but like, uh, <laughs> I just I don't I still don't get it. I still don't get Narduzzi like running off their offensive coordinator when it was one of the best offenses. In, in in the program history, mm-hmm. uh, and then you just like go to this new offense that is just sludge. It's it's gross. It's like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've had two different transfer quarterbacks come in and no change at all. Uh, so it's like I, I just don't understand. But uh, so it's a good good win for Cincy. Like let's not <laughs> yeah, discount that. that. Like. Mm-hmm. For them going into the Big Twelve, I mean that's a that's a good little win for them. That is a good win. Um, listen, Narduzzi's stubborn. Um, that, that that's another guy to watch out for for the Michigan State job. Oh my God, uh, Narduzzi goes back home. That would that would create content gold though for the Land Grand Trophy, because in case you don't got if in case you listeners don't know, uh, James Franklin and Pat Narduzzi do not like each other. <laughs> So it's good. So they that would be that would be some gold there. Um, yeah, I think this is this is huge for Cincy and this is huge for uh, Scott Satterfield. I think this is a big win for him. Um, listen, one of those transfer quarterbacks, Christian Veyu, coming out of Penn State. Uh, I I think you give him a shot. I think Jerkovic. This is the backyard brawl. I think is going to be. Can this guy do it? Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think we see Christian Veyu in the backyard brawl. Um, I will say this, and again, I'm not trying to pile on here because I did stick up for Jurgovich on Twitter or X, whatever. Um, we call it Twitter. Yeah, we call it Twitter. Bad body language. Bad body language. Like, just a lot of head shaking. A lot. Of, and man, if you're a transfer, I feel you can't do that. And and again, I'm not in the lock. No one's in the locker room. I'm just seeing what I'm seeing on the field. 
if you're supposed to be a leader and you come in as a transfer, you've only known these guys not even what like five months. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I I just feel like body your body language needs to be better. But um, I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I think Pitt's going to win their games in the ACC. Um, that's a big win for Cincy. Uh, I like that Pitt's in a little bit of a disarray because uh, backyard brawl is coming. And I'll say this. West Virginia may not look good, but I think West Virginia is, again, just from what I'm seeing on the field, I think West Virginia's locker room is a lot more united than Pitt's. So we'll get to the backyard brawl here in a little bit. Uh, Arizona at Mississippi State. Uh, overtime. How about yeah. that? How about good game. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arizona looks better. Yeah, I think uh, I think Arizona's going to have some pretty good wins there in the Pac-12. Uh, I think they're going to surprise the people this year. And then, you know, kudos to Mississippi State for, you know, battling as well. Obviously, like, that's a tough opponent. It's a good non-con win. Uh, not much more to say about that other than Arizona's improved uh, mm-hmm. and should be a fun team to watch this year. Yeah, and for for a couple of years, Jetfish is building. I, li- yeah. I really like what Jetfish is doing with uh, the Wildcats in Tucson. Um, some other scores of other games, uh, UCF over Boise state, 18 to 16 Auburn over Cal. This looked like the ugliest of ugly. Like, like, listen, we made jokes about Iowa, Iowa state, but Auburn Cal might win the, the sicko game of the week because that looked totally ugly. Um, did you watch any of that? I did not. I went to sleep on Saturday night because I was very hungover. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was I was very tired. Um, Oklahoma State handles Arizona State. I don't think Oklahoma State's that good, but I, I think Arizona State's worse. I think Arizona State is not in a good way right now. Yeah, and the the rotating quarterbacks at Oklahoma State, I just that's gonna fail spectacularly. Uh, if you, so. yeah. I don't see the Pokes doing much in the Big 12. Uh, Arizona State just kind of has some work to do. But, I mean, that program post-term is it, – it's going to take some time. Yeah. I think they'll get there eventually, but uh, they just have a lot to rebuild from. And then you also don't have a postseason to play for because of the bull ban. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Did we talk about the bull ban? I don't think this is I the think, first I think we mentioned. did. Did we? I think we did because I think that your comment was that uh, – I mean, it's a bull ban that – you probably weren't going to go to a bowl anyway. Yeah. That's like, is that where I said, like, uh, I'm going to announce that I don't want to date Hallie, that I don't want to date Halle Berry. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Like, I don't want to date. I just want to let Halle Berry know that I don't want to go on a, on a date with her. Like, it's like me joking on Twitter that I have uh, declined coaching jobs, head coaching jobs. Like exactly. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Like I told my, uh, linebackers coach when I was a junior. Hey, uh, I'm coming back for my senior year. I'm not. I'm not going pro. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what that is. Um, <laughs> Northwestern won. Big, big. Like as an underdog, they were an underdog against yeah. UTEP. Listen, and we love our miners. We love UTEP. Um, that was. And you really got to be bad. careful saying I didn't, that. Yeah. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it like that either. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we gotta cut that. UTEP. UTEP. We'll just, we'll just, we, we'll just say UTEP from UTEP, now on. UTEP. 
I didn't mean it like I did. I was. I didn't even mean it like that either. I swear, yeah. I didn't even mean it like that. Okay, UTEP. Uh, Northwest. We love UTEP here, but Northwestern. Northwestern gets the big win, thirty-eight-seven, yeah. um, in Kyle Field. That's. I mean, good for them. Kyle Field. Oh, sorry, Ryan. Ryan Field. Sorry, other first. <laughs> Other first name, other first Northwestern, name. Northwestern came down and played at A&M while A&M was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Field, Ryan Field. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was a first name. Is you know, yeah. their first I, I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you want to take Speaking of Lone Star State, yeah. uh, the game of the, of the uh, schedule for me, or the game of the week for me was UTSA and Texas State. Uh, this ended up being a little more defensive, right? Like I, I was yeah. expecting a high scoring game, mm-hmm. but I guess Same. that's two in a row for UTSA that were kind of low scoring affairs. Uh fun rivalry matchup too. Like mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about uh the fans and and how this game kind of went as far as from uh an attendance standpoint, and they should play more often. Like this should be a annual game, in my opinion. No, yeah. Uh Definitely. I like UTSA and Kent or sorry, Kent State. Listen to me. UTSA, Texas State. Uh, uh, I think this is one of those. This matchup is going to be really fun if they keep, you know, they're going to keep playing each other. Um, it's again, I thought this is going to be more of an offensive battle, uh, got defensive. Um, but these are two teams to definitely watch for out of Texas. I know the bigger schools in Texas get a lot of, uh, get a lot of the publicity and love, but UTSA and Texas state, I think are going to be really, really fun matchups going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we mentioned it earlier, but uh, Wazoo proving yeah. they belong in a power five conference with their uh, mm-hmm. upset over Wisconsin uh, in Pullman. Obviously that's another place that I think it'd be fun to go to a game at, but uh, it was, it was big. I mean, I don't think I expected Wazoo to look as good as they did in this game, to be honest. Yeah, they looked really good. Again, 31 points against the Wisconsin defense is nothing to uh, shake your head at. Only 90 rushing yards for Wisconsin. I think that's concerning. Washington State isn't that isn't a big defensive team like that. Um, I mean, and to me, the X factor here is the three turnovers. Wisconsin had three turnovers. Can't win with that. Can't win with nope. that. Um, you know, Wazoo kind of took, took advantage of it. Um, Wazoo with the sweep. They sweep Wisconsin. They sweep the series. I I really hope Oregon State and Wazoo find a home because those are two Mm -hmm. very deserving programs and and good fan bases from when I've interacted with them. They've really Uh, – yeah. No, no, sorry. Um, No, you're good. They – those fan bases are kind of banding together. Um, There's a video in Corvallis of uh, them announcing the Washington State score and everyone was cheering when it was announced Washington state beat Wisconsin. So those two, That's fan, awesome. yeah, those two fan bases are really like rallying together and are um, kind of, it, it's, it's a nice moment because you don't really get two fan bases that are kind of on the same page like this. Um, but because they've kind of been left out the dry, they've been kind of united. I, I hope the big 12 takes them. They have the big 12 has room. The big 12 has room for two teams. You already have Utah and BYU. Pick up Wazoo. Pick up Oregon State. And you can really fulfill the fun conference. 
Like Big 12 is going to be the fun conference, and those two teams are fun. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. You go coast to coast there too. Absolutely. Uh, but no, it'd be it'd be fun uh, to, to have Oregon State and Washington State in there. Uh, next game up is one that I don't really want to talk about because uh, it was a disappointing loss for my Aggies. Man, I I had a I lot mean, of it, it would just like fourth quarter implosion. Oh, I think we're oh, no. maybe having some signal. Oh no. You with me? I'm Can with you hear you. me? You're good. Right. You just wanted to get out of talking about this. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is perfect timing. I hit the switch on my Wi Fi. My lag switch, like for gaming, but yeah. uh I'm using it to get out of talking about A&M. Uh, but yeah, so first of all, if you had told me going into this game that A&M would limit the Miami rushing attack to 77 yards, I would have told you this is an easy win for Aggies. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke looked good. I mean, there's no two ways about it. The A&M secondary looked terrible. Uh, five touchdowns, terrible back, uh, terrible tackling in the back end. And then uh, Connor Wegman is getting hit all day. Uh, really, it's a miracle that Miami didn't have any sacks because Connor Wegman was apparently the most pressured quarterback in FBS football last week. So, or yesterday or Saturday, whatever day it was. Sorry. I'm uh, this is well, this was a traumatic experience for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the offense looks better, but man, now you wonder if AM's rushing defense being so bad. The only reason that AM had a good passing defense last year is because teams didn't have to throw the ball. Yeah. I, man, in towards halftime, like end of the second quarter, I was watching this game. I'm like, Texas A&M should be beating this team by a lot more. And I feel like Miami hung around, hung around. And then A&M in the fourth quarter just imploded. Like yeah. their defense was just non-existent. I mean, and, and no adjustments were made on either side of the ball. A&M didn't adjust to the corner blitz on offense. Uh, and then they on defensively, they didn't bring pressure. Uh, I mean, Miami showed what they were going to do. They're going to try to throw the ball around because they couldn't get the run going. And uh, a just kind of let them and didn't make any changes. So uh, that's a real problem that a is going to have to address going forward. No, yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I, I want to believe in A&M. Um, I do. <laughs> I, like, I thought well, a- Welcome to my life. I thought A&M, again, this is only one game. They can very well win a bunch of games in conference and, and be fine. But, again, I don't believe – I don't believe – I, I believe in the A&M more than Miami, and I don't know, maybe – Yeah. I really wanted them to win. Jay, I was on your side, man. Yeah, I know, I, was, I know. I was pulling for uh, And the only possible thing that could have made Saturday worse for me as an A&M fan uh, happened. <laughs> when Texas went to Bryant Denny and beat Alabama 34-24 uh and and Texas looked good. Uh really offensive good. line, defensive line, they're winning in the trenches, which is uh scary. I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Jake, oh. I'm going to say it. Oh no. I'm going to say it. Say it. Texas is back. Oh, clip it. Clip oh, it. It hurt so much. It hurt so much. Oh, I feel oh. filthy. If I'm clipping anything, I'm clipping that. <laughs> um, oh, man. I don't I love think, that. I think Alabama does have a quarterback problem. Like, again, I think Jalen Milrow is good, but I don't think he's at the championship level standard that Alabama is accustomed to. Two killer turnovers. Uh, 
Texas defense looked improved, good in the trenches. This is the front runner for the Big 12. This is your front runner. This is the team that uh, I think is going to be your Big 12 champ at the end of the year. And it's going to be sad for anyone else in Texas that isn't wearing burnt orange. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, But, I mean, you know, it was only a matter of time before they did put it together and and as much as i it pains me to say it uh i, I didn't think texas is going to be a big 12 front runner and also uh, a playoff team mm-hmm. uh so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out uh moving on we have the fcs minute presented by pocket talk uh so like we talked about last week going into it uh the game of the week was Montana State at South Dakota State. Uh, Montana State takes a 10-0 lead into halftime, and South Dakota State rallies to win at home. Uh, Really, really fun game. Uh, No surprise there. Uh, Game of the week for week three, we got a rivalry matchup. Illinois State at Eastern Illinois. The Mid-America Classic is my week three FCS game of the week. Should be a fun matchup. Really cool trophy if you get a chance to look it up. I think we talked about the Mid-America Classic Mm -hmm. on the Get Back Coach Twitter for one of the rivalries. But uh, that is the FCS Minute presented by Pocket Talk. Wonderful. Oh, I think it was a minute, actually. So, week three. I'm trying. You take as much time as you want, man. Uh, Week three. Three. Here are the week three preview. Penn State at Illinois. Illinois is a 15-point home underdog that's going to be an orange out for the Illini. Listen, Illinois did not look good against Kansas, but I'm saying I would take Illinois. I would take Illinois with the points here. I think they showed. I think they're going to clean a lot of things up. And I believe that they are going to come out against Penn State. I think they're going to overload the entire offensive line like they did two years ago, come out in the biggest jumbo set they can, and just run, 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 run. They're going to try and shorten the game, and they're going to try and take advantage of third and shorts. I think that is what Illinois is going to do. Um, Offensively, or sorry, defensively for Illinois, uh, I think they're going to make Drew Aller throw. I think that would be a mistake. Um, but I think at the end of the day, Penn State's going to score in the 30s, in the low 30s. And I don't think Illinois is going to be able to compete with that. I think Penn State wins this game by like 10. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be close. Penn State pulls away, like really pulls away at the end. I like Illinois with the points. Yeah, I think I like Illinois with the points, too. I just think we're going to get the best version of this team that we've seen so far this year. I think they're probably going to come out fired up for this one. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get a closer game than we expect, and it'll be like uh, nine overtimes again. Mm-hmm. That was a fun game, right? It was not fun. I I'm was, sorry. I, I had to bring it up for making I know. Uh, you had to bring me A&M down. and Texas Listen, back-to-back. I know. I know. You had to, you had to, you had to bring me down there. That's That was a rough one. That was that was a rough day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> LSU at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State plus ten. Uh, I dude, I hate the cowbell so much. Like, not is it? The people, is how bad? How bad base. is? I just hate. It's so bad. Like, it's, I, there's a reason you, that I have. Like, it's like the one SEC West stadium that I haven't been to as a fan. I'll have to go eventually, but so like, but you never really heard it on the field though. 
Oh no, you hear it on the field. No, no, no. But like you're you play you play defense though. It's quiet for the for them. Oh you know yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's you're not saying like, like when we're yeah. So they're but not. The problem making... is you hear it. You hear it when they celebrate a big play, and it's it's, like it's PT, not fun. It's like PTSD when you hear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting like... like the battle shock back here. <laughs> Uh, but I think LSU covers, if I'm being honest. Listen, Mississippi State's my dark horse. They beat, they beat Arizona. I'm staying away from this game because I can see this one going either way. I think LSU does win, but mm, I see, see, I see LSU winning between eight and twelve, and like that's, that's right, that's right on that line. I think this opened at yeah. seven and a half, so money's going towards LSU, but. I think you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot more crisp LSU than you did against Florida State. So, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, next up, Kansas State at Mizzou. Uh, kind of a little old uh, Big, 12 Big Twelve rivalry. Yeah. So uh, plus three and a half, Mizzou is the underdog here. I like Kansas State. I think Kansas State's a really good team this year. Uh, they just kind of dismantled Troy, who has a pretty good defense. Yeah. Uh, and I realize that's a Group of Five program, but. I mean, that's that's an impressive statement made by Kansas State. So I, I kind of like them to go into Mizzou, who I think is just not good. I hate this. Look at this. This line makes no sense. It stinks. It yep. stinks out loud. And I'm probably going to bet with Eli Drinkowitz this weekend. I can't believe I'm doing <laughs> Like, how, how am I? I've been very vocal that I do not like this, man. And I have, like... I seem to be picking Mizzou. I've been talking good of things about Mizzou. Did you and... hear what Drink said about his quarterback? No, please tell <laughs> Did me. Did you see that? It no. was like uh he's he's lucky he has a a girlfriend or oh, whatever already yeah. and it's like cuz I want to I'd be trying to get him to date my daughter. <laughs> like when dude, my daughter turns so 18, weird. I want to do which I understand that's like as a coach, you, you you believe you're giving out a compliment. It's like the old, oh. It's just would, so weird. I'd want my daughters. But here's the thing, though. If he would have said, I want my daughters to date a man, a guy like him, I think he would have been fine. But the quote was, if he didn't have a girlfriend, I'd be trying to fix him up with one of my daughters when they turned 18. That's what makes it weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's so it's weird. it's weird. If he w- if he would just would have said, "I want them to be with a guy like him," totally fine. But he says, "Yeah, I'd be trying to fix him up." That's Drinkowitz got a little weird there. Yeah, um, yeah. I like. Listen, I love Kansas State. Love climbing. Love those. Love that team. This line stinks to me. It smells, and I'd go. I I'd go Mizzou. Yeah. And I'd wait I'm, later I'm on in Kansas the week. State, but I would wait uh, on this too. If you want to take Mizzou, wait like towards the end of the week i think it'll go you'll get a little bit more fair uh jake styles make fights oh yeah uh, baby. minnesota defensive football north carolina they want to score some points uh north carolina is a seven and a half point favorite uh i kind of like i kind of like north carolina to win by like 10 i think they cover originally Hang on, I gotta find the stat. Hang on a second. I believe. See, I know PJ Fleck has lost to a Mac opponent before, but I believe PJ Fleck 
might be undefeated in Power 5 non-conference games. Ooh. I believe. That's interesting. If not, he has a very good record. God, I want to take Minnesota so bad. I do. I really, really do. And I'll listen, I'll be rooting for him. I'll be rooting for because yeah. I, I don't really love North Carolina. I like Mac Brown though. But yeah. I, I I think I think North Carolina handles him. I think North Carolina showed that they they don't have a one dimensional offense. They have an offense that can run the football ground to pound and can also throw the football, obviously, with Drake May. Um Minnesota's offense is not that great. And North Carolina may be a little suspect on D, but I think that matchup is perfect. I do like North Carolina here. Um, and, yeah, I think I like North Carolina to win that spread too. I'm probably not going to bet on the game because of conflicting interests, but um, I, I would take North Carolina. Fair. Uh, next up, Virginia Tech at Rutgers. Uh, so Rutgers is a seven-point favorite. That's kind of wild. Wild. New. That's – Uncharted territory for the Scarlet Knights, and I like that as well. Man, I feel bad for my guy, Brent Pry. I, yeah. uh, man, I love Brent Pry. I think he's a really good coordinator. I honestly believe he could be a head coach, but I also believe that he needs a little something, and I know recruiting hasn't been going great, um, which I think is really going to hurt him. So, man he's going to lose to Rutgers. Um, not good for Tough. the Hokies. Tough look for the Hokies, but yeah, I, I, I like Rutgers here. I God, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll stick with uh, the big 10 here. Next up, Washington at Michigan state, uh, Michigan state, 16 point dogs. Obviously everything that's going on. I think that's going to be a giant distraction. I like Washington. Uh, see, I don't know there. Is it going to be the typical, hey, your coach just left, so we're going to go really hard? Or is it going to be our coach uh, was in an inappropriate relationship and he we knew this the entire time and now we're just going to go out there and lay an egg? Um, 16 is a lot. At 16 home, is a lot, to be fair. Hmm, I'm not going to – darn it. I like Michigan State to cover the 16, but they do okay. not win. But they don't win, I don't, and I don't yeah. think they're close to winning. But I think they no. they fight they fight enough. Enough, I mean, sixteen is a lot of points. To be fair, I'm still taking I'm still taking Washington, but Washington's uh, good. I don't I don't blame you. Washington. Uh, next good. up, Syracuse at Purdue. I am staying away from this one. This just feels like a nasty game, and really, really, really unpredictable. Yeah, Syracuse. So this game opened up. Uh, Purdue was a two and a half point favorite. It is now Purdue is now a two and a half point dog. Man, I don't care if my Big Ten homerisms coming out. Give me the Boilermakers, baby. I don't think go. they're a good team, but I don't think Syracuse is all that good either. It's in Purdue. Ross Aid is going to be jacked up. Give me the Boilermakers. <laughs> And we go from the Boilermakers who you root for to a team I feel like you always root against. Tennessee is at Florida. Uh, Tennessee is a six and a half point favorite. I like the Vols here. I like them to win by a touchdown. I just don't think Florida is very good right now. You're exactly right, Jay. Florida, not they're not good, right? But only six and a half? Only six and a half? 
People are going to be laying money on Tennessee. I'm going against the public here. <laughs> Give me the Gators. Give me the Gators. Listen, nothing has told nothing has told us that Florida should be less than a touchdown underdog in this game. Everyone's going to be putting money on Tennessee. Give me Florida. Gator Nation. Yeah, uh, I disagree, Tennessee. But TCU at Houston, uh, this is a game in my hometown. It's Houston's first game in the Big 12. Uh, I like TCU to win by a touchdown here. I know that defense is terrible, but, like, look, man, you, you, Houston just lost to Rice. Give me TCU. Yeah, I like TCU, too. I think we're starting to get – we're going to start to see the beginning of the end of Dana. Yep. Um, and now Fresno State at Arizona State. This was a pick 'em on on Sunday, and now Arizona State is a three and a half point underdog at home to an FCS opponent to Fresno State. I like Fresno State. I said in the beginning of this year, I thought a lot of people and let I love Jake Hayner. I'm a Jake Hayner guy, but there was a lot returning for that Fresno State team, and I do like Fresno State to beat Arizona. By the spread in Sun Devil Stadium. Yeah, I'm I'm on Fresno State as well. I just think the Bulldogs are too good. They're I think, in my opinion, uh, if not number one, they're a close number two behind uh, Tulane in the group of mm-hmm. five. Yep, absolutely. Uh, staying out west, we have the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Uh, Colorado State at Colorado. Colorado is a twenty three and a half point favorite. Uh, obviously, the Buffaloes have kind of turned things around in a hurry. It's been kind of wild to see. I, uh, but I'm fully bought into the Dion hype train now. So I think the buffs cover. And, man, Colorado State just feels like one of those programs that is just waiting to be woken up. Uh, but as soon as they can get some momentum together, I feel like Colorado State could be good. Unfortunately, it ain't happening in this game. Uh, Colorado, I like to cover. Yeah, I like Colorado the role, too. I am – Here's the thing with me uh, on the Dion train. I think he's great for Colorado. Okay. And I like what he is building. With that being said, I, uh, people are talking about Colorado state. Like they're going to win nine games. I don't see it. I think, I do think Colorado is a bull team. I do think, I think they end the year. Let me pull up their schedule really quick here. Um, cause I even said if they made it to a bowl game, I think that is a huge success. Um, but just taking a look here, um, and I think this is why they wanted to get game day there. And I guess big noon kick as well, which oh, by the way, for the people who don't know, big Ten, big noon kick is going to Colorado and the big noon kick game is in Illinois for Penn state, Illinois. So yeah, uh, unless they're moving Penn state, Illinois to um, FS one, but I I just think it's crazy of Fox. But again, I think Fox wants people to tune into the pregame show. If they knew if they know they're in Colorado, but did, weren't they just at Colorado last week? Wasn't big new Nebraska at Colorado. So why I go do back? not keep track of the big noon, honestly. 
Well, yeah, I, I well, I guess I do more just because that's my that's my conference, but yeah, they were just there. So I don't know <laughs> unless unless I'm wrong with that. But Colorado schedule. Let's just take a look. Um, they're going to beat Colorado State. They're going to be three and zero. They're going to lose to Oregon, and then they're going to lose to USC. So that's going to be that's three and two. They'll beat Arizona State and Stanford. So that's going to put them at five and two. UCLA's a toss up. And then they got Oregon State, which I think Oregon State's better. Arizona's a toss-up. I think Washington State's better, and I think Utah's better. But again, I don't know who's going to be quarterbacking. So with that being said, uh, I think at most one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, seven wins. I think this is a seven-win football team. If they get to eight, if they get to eight or nine, that's you're looking at probably the biggest turnaround ever for a first year head coach. Yeah. If they get to the nine, of the portal. Yeah, and it's not like because I know I know people might say uh, I, I know like Notre Dame had a really good team like their first year with um, Charlie Weiss, but like Dave Aranda took him two years, took Matt Rule two years at Baylor. His second year or third year. So to do this overhaul, Colorado, the worst team in power five, the worst, worse than Rutgers, easily worse than Vandy. This was the worst team in power five is now two and oh, and might win seven games. That that's a huge win. And you're looking at Dion, man, if he gets to eight wins, he's coach of the year. No kidding. He gets to eight wins. He's coach of the year. Um, and, and I don't think anyone can really uh, disagree with that. Um, that's uh, one of the best turnarounds we've ever seen in college football if it happens. Um, and again, I'm not necessarily on the Dion train either, but it's you, you got to admit it. You got to admit it. Um, the last one we're going to talk about is the one I will be at. Backyard brawl, Pitt at West Virginia. Pitt opened up, or sorry, West Virginia opened up as a one-point favorite at home. Now is a one-point dog. I'm telling you right now, West Virginia is not losing this game. They're not losing this game. I know everyone in Morgantown is, they're kind of down. Football team's not great. Neil Brown is not the answer they want. But that town, that state is going to show out. Pitt is not going to re, I don't think Pitt realizes what they're going to be be walking into in Milan Pushkar Stadium. West Virginia is going to win this game. It's going to it's people are going to thank Neil Brown for the time being before they fire him in about 4 weeks. But West Virginia wins the backyard brawl. I'm going to be there in attendance. If anyone's going to be at the backyard brawl, uh you know, hit me up uh, at SFB Jake on Twitter or yeah, Twitter or I'm calling it Twitter. Um hit me up I'll meet up with you. I'm so excited for this weekend. I'm so excited for this game. This is probably the most excited I've ever been for a non-Penn State football game, probably since West Virginia played Oklahoma in 2018. This is how fired up I am for a game. So West Virginia is winning this football game and kicking the little pitters back up I-78. It's the old. Uh, it's going to be the old ESP. Eat shit pit is going to be heard quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very 
good crowd I'm expecting uh, in Morgantown. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I, I am also on the Mountaineers plus one. Love it. I mean, again, money line plus one, it's the same thing. You might as well just put it down money line because yeah. I'm telling you, West Virginia is winning this football game. I think Pitt is in a little bit of disarray. I think, um, I think, again, just from what I'm seeing on the field, I don't think Jerkovic is the guy there. And I don't, I think Pat Narduzzi is too stubborn to make the change of quarterback in a game that is this big. I, I, God, I love that. I like the Mountaineers here. I really, really do. Look for the Mountaineers behind Zach Frazier, All American center, and CJ Donaldson to run all over the Pitters. Mountaineers, go ears. Q Country Roads. Q Country Roads. Okay. Do we complete it? I think we got it. I think we did. I think we got it. Um, everyone, make sure you're following uh, Jay Arnold at Coach Jay Arnold and myself at CFB Jake. Also, make sure you're following us, um, our uh, podcast account uh, at the GB Coach, and also on Twitter, Get Back Coach. Um, from us, have a Wonderful week.